This week on the Men at the Movies podcast, we look at The Sandlot as a way to build friendships and find joy. We've got to break out of our comfortable rut, and it's through new experiences that relationships are strengthened. To make memories and find joy, you've got to engage the senses. But if you can do that, you'll find that every day is an adventure. You're killing me, Smalls. Now let's discover God's truth in this movie. The movies and stories we love are gateways to see ourselves and God in new ways. Every great story borrows its power from a larger story. The story that's written on our hearts and woven into the fabric of our very being. Hello and welcome to the Men at the Movies podcast. My name is Paul McDonald and joining me live for the first time on the Facebook is Britt Mooney. Hey man, how you doing? Doing well, man. How you doing? Good. We are, we are excited to be expanding our repertoire, expanding our skills, figuring out things. We've been talking for like 40 minutes already on Facebook live. Having a big conversation with the two of us and Sarah going back and forth about movies and Striper and Flash Gordon and all the th- stuff that you're going to hear about here in the next 45 minutes or so. I'm coming. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going short today. Go, go for it. Let's do it. That's doubtful. Um, so, yeah, so we're excited. We've got, you know, some stuff going on, but, um, you know, we're, we're going to be doing some more Facebook live recordings. We're going to be having like some of our patrons will come in and they'll join us as, as like audience members in the, in our virtual studio that we've got, we've got a lot of cool stuff going on these days. So that's it's not even the, the movies that we've got coming up. Um, we've got, we'll be talking about parenthood and ET mm. and, uh, hopefully avatar and aliens and independence day. We got zombie land and last Starfighter, defiance. I think the kid, I got to just schedule that with somebody to talk about the kids. So we've got a lot of awesome stuff going on. We've got a new logo coming out soon mm-hmm. and it's going to be, we're going to be sweet. We're going to be styling and profiling as, as no one says. <laughs> There you go. So I, we recorded last week. We talked about me and Aaron. We talked about field of dreams. And so this feels like a very summer kickoff starting with field of dreams. And now we're going to talk about the sandlot. So Britt, you are hounding me to do this movie. Hounding you hounding. I was like, Hey, we've, what about this? You're like, dude, I need to do the sandlot. I've got to get, we've got to get the sandlot out of our system. So Britt, why, why did you pick this movie? Why, why, what, what do you love about this movie? And I guess basically, you know, we'll talk about why we're going to, what we're going to be talking about. Well, to me, the Sandlot is, is one of those foundational guy movies that I know of. I mean, most of the, the men, my age, when you bring up the Sandlot, you you get this, oh, I love that movie. Like, you know, that's it's you know, it, it's one of those movies that kind of harkens to that that little kid nostalgia, 
learning to play baseball, hanging out with your friends, doing goofy stuff with your friends that no one ever knew about, that your mom never knew about. And it's kind of a lost experience, as we were talking about before. But I, I just know a lot of guys my age and, and a little younger who have seen the movie. But even my kids love that this movie. Right. Like, my kids love this movie. It, it has that universal kid element to it. And and it's just one of those, like I said, it's it's was men at the movies. And it's one of those that when I think about the Sandlot, I think I don't know a guy who doesn't love this movie for a lot of the reasons that I think we'll talk about. And I love the movie because I think that it's got some some really great themes about friendship and and just how that friendship and some of the relationships that happened in the movie really formed who Scotty was in a time that he really needed it. And I think mm. we all, we can, we can all kind of remember going into summer. My kids do this. Um, my, like, like my kids are finishing up school right now. Today was, is their last day and they are sad because it's like, they're going to miss their friends. And it's like, how am I going to see my friends? And I'm not going to see them every day. And you know what I mean? Like, what are we going to do all summer? And so all, all of those sort of universal themes is why I love it. And I think it's going to be fun to talk about. Yeah. It was, it's interesting. You mentioned that my son, I picked him up from college a couple of weeks ago and I got there midday. We went and played golf. And then I went out with a couple of his friends, took him out to dinner and watching him. And these are a couple of his best friends. There is roommate and another guy that he's I think going to be rooming with next, next year. And they're sort of, talking to each other and, but it was interesting because I saw like one of them said something that like Brendan, when he said goodbye to one of his other friends, I guess got choked up and emotional and he's talking with his roommate. He's like, I don't, it's going to be so weird. How are we going to deal with life without like waking up and seeing you across the room kind of mentality? Mm. You know, and I was like, yeah, you guys are living like the end of like the end of the Harry Potter movies where you leave going home for the summer and, and there yeah. is that sadness. I mean, they're happy to have school over, but sort right. of to say that, say goodbye. And I think that sort of lends itself. That's what nostalgia is, right? A little bit of, it's that bittersweet. There's the joy with a little pain to it. Um, and I think when we look back at our childhood, we have these sandlot type moments and a part of us wishes we could go back there. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe most <laughs> part, that part could be like 80% <laughs> wishes we could go back. And I remember my college days playing poker late in night, playing Nintendo Mario Kart was the big thing for us. And there's this longing to go back there, but then knowing that it's gone and I think wrestling with that, I think, is what we're going to be talking a little bit about this today. Um, you know, it's interesting when you were praying, you're talking about the nostalgia and, and looking back in the Gospels at Christ and looking back in the Bible at, you know, that stuff. But then we can't just constantly look back at who Jesus was. We've got to look forward to his return. And I think that's, that's what we're going to be talking about today is not just looking back 
at our childhood, at our past, at those things, those memories. But then like, I love that story that you shared how on your, your wedding day, you're like, it was awesome, but that's not going to be the best day ever of your marriage. Like you want the future to be better. Right. And so there's, that creates a little bit of tension. Well, it, it does, but what, what it, what it helps us to realize is that what well, helps me to realize is how to have the right attitude moving forward. You know, people, uh, it's the same way with my kids. People, we never called it terrible twos. We never called it that. Right. And we enjoyed two, just like we enjoyed one and we enjoyed three and doing our best to enjoy 16, 14, <laughs> and 12. But, you know, it's, it's one of those realities where I have to go into some of these things thinking, you know, when they were two and four and six, they were so cute and I love it. And, and, and on the Amazon fire TV stick, you know, that they, it brings up Becca's pictures that she's got oh, in, the, yeah. in the cloud. And oh, it's, I'm, I love it. I love thinking back when my kids, every year, when my kids are come to their birthday on their birthday, I tell them the story of when they were born and how, what a blessing they were when they arrived. I always want them to know you were, and you are a blessing. And so there's nothing wrong with looking back, but at the same time, uh, you have to ask questions. It's always, there's always something new. I've never done 16, 14 and 12 before. So I've got to learn. And because I think a lot of times we, we want to settle. Our brains are basically lazy. And so what we want to do is do the same thing every day or whatever. We want to kind of get in these ruts, right. but the rut, the ruts kill us. The ruts kill marriages, the ruts kill parenting, the ruts. And, and so even though our brains want to get in the rut, because it's we're corrupted and there's sin and all all that you want to talk about. That's why the father keeps saying, "No, no, no! Don't settle! Don't settle, man! There's so much more that you can experience." And even if you're 75, you know, there's no retirement in the kingdom, man. Like, <laughs> they, uh, I, and I love the stories, and I know people who, when they retired, it's like they started something new, and and they feel like they have like their life has started over again. You know, I mean, just those sort of things are inspiring to me because I, I want to keep looking forward as hard as it can be sometimes and challenge myself with whatever's coming next, you know? Well, and it's interesting. You talk about that, that our, our brains desire for routine, our brains desire sort of to be lazy. Like it, that idea of formula, because even having your, yeah. your kids yeah. every two years apart, like you can't, you're not going to be able to, to engage with Micah the same way no. you engage with Elisha or the same way you engage no. with Hosanna. You no. know, it's, it's like, even if, I mean, you've got two girls, so you, but even each girl is going to require different nuance, different talent. That's right. And that's what we, we talked a lot about that with uh, in field of dreams, talking about walking with God and hearing the voice and, 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 but that idea of it's not formula, it's, we want formula, right? We want, if I do this, then this way, if I build it, he will come, <laughs> right? We want formula, but what God invites us to is relationship. 
And, uh, it, it, but because with formula, what you, what you get, what you, there's no surprises. Surprises. Which on a day like today, most people are like, I'd, I'd like a day without surprises. <laughs> but, but then when you look at it and, and this is where we're going with some of this, like, for instance, I took my grandson to the park the other day and he's two and a half. And they, he was under this thing They're they're playing. And all of a sudden it's like this little like shelf where they're giving out mulch and pretending it's food. And then they just got to this level of excitement where they just start screaming and running around in a circle. And, you know, there's like two kids under there, but they hear the screaming, see kids running around in circles. It's like a magnet. And all of a sudden there's like six kids all there running around and just, just laughing and screaming and doing that. And we, we were watching this uh, comedy special with uh, Adam Devine. And he was talking about sort of that concept where it's like, we don't, when you were a kid and you would get something like the gift that you wanted or something would happen and you would, your brain would like melt and you would freak yeah. out and be like, Oh, he's like, we, if you, if you do that as an adult, you're kind of a psycho, <laughs> which I think is sad that that's like that. And I, I know we're and Britt, you're going to tell me about how you freaked out about some stuff. Oh, I'm a psycho, obviously. But when I, I look back and I look at this movie, I think I, I was reminded of how we're called to be, unless you become like a child, you can't enter the kingdom. Like we have to have a childlike faith. And, and that idea, like, I want to freak out about stuff. Like, I want to have that joy. You're so right. It's about relationship. And here's why God does what he does. Okay. He gives us new things because do you know what, what brings people closer together is when they experience and make new memories together. That actually, that actually brings people into deeper relationship. And so God wants to give us those things as, as married people, as friends, as families, as a church, right? It happens with churches too. That's one of the reasons why I'm like, we're going to have to change some stuff up because I, I'm, I'm continually trying to bring new stuff for us to experience together as the family of God, because what I want to do is participate in that. You know, there's so much to experience. And if we experience it together, and a lot of that is in service, guys, some of it's in worship. It's generally not in preaching, right? <laughs> Very few people are like, man, remember when we were at that sermon together? Like, no, it's like, remember when we were serving the, the hungry together? You know, it brings people closer. And that's why this movie is so powerful is because that's what we long for. We long for those deep, intimate connections and relationships. And how we get that is by going out and experiencing new things together, making new memories. Hang on, hang on. So what you were just saying, Britt, reminded me of it really teed up the first clip where you've got Smalls, Scott, Scotty Smalls. He's a kid. He's got a stepdad that he keeps forgetting to call dad. Or he's like, he flips back and forth between Bill and dad, all movie, 
all movie long. And he just moved to a new place like two weeks before school ends. What a horrible time to move two weeks before the end end of school. And his mom comes into his room because he's a little, he's shown to be a dorky, socially uncomfortable kid. I don't, maybe that's where Brit and I may sort of relate. (laughs) Um, So she comes in and she talks to, to Scotty and says, I don't want you to be inside playing with your rector set all summer long. You need to get, you need to get out. Scotty, have you made any friends yet? No. Why not, honey? Because I'm still new. I don't want you sitting around in here all summer fiddling with this stuff like you did last summer and the one before. I know you're smart and I'm proud of you. I want you to get out into the fresh air and make some friends. Run around, scrape your knees, get dirty. Climb trees, hop fences, get into trouble for crying out loud. Not too much, but some. You have my permission. How many mothers do you know who say something like that to their sons? Well, none mothers, I guess. Honey, I want you to make some friends this summer. Lots of them. Yeah, I know. But I'm not good at anything, Mom. Faced, I'm just an egghead. Oh, honey. You'll always be just an egghead with an attitude like that. Which I love that little closing line because that's what I tell my kids. Like, oh, I'll never do that. I was like, not with that attitude. Right. (laughs) There's one way you can be sure that that'll be true. (laughs) Yeah. But I wanted to to dive into this concept of, you know, that how do we, how do we get those friends now? You know, we, we don't have summers off. Most of, most the people listening, we have jobs, we have family commitments. We've got this, but I really, my brain grabbed onto what you said, Britt, about we, we experience new things. We make new memories. And what, what I had written down was we, how do we get those friends that we engage in adventure and play? And, and that's, that's what, right. like this movie is a roadmap for how to do that. And yes, it's obvious. These stories are sort of extreme because it takes that extreme to get our attention. And you're like, well, and, and you could, but you could be like Scotty and be like, well, I, 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 don't I can't go to the sandlot every day in the summer, so I guess I'll never have friends. Well, yeah, if you have that attitude, that's guess what? That's how yeah. it's gonna work. But if you engage and you make new memories, and there's this whole you know list of things that they do together that they're they're young, they're they're create like uh, like yeah, they're creating new memories, they're learning new things, they're doing stuff. And I think for us, we, we so often get stuck in the routine of the monotonous and because we, we, we're like Scotty, man. We were like, I don't know how to get out. I'm new. I'm uncomfortable. I'm awkward. And we don't like those feelings. So instead of pushing towards the more, we just sort of settle for the less I'll just sit here in my, my buttoned up shirt and my giant build trout hat and my plastic glove instead of risking things. 
Well, it's it's the lie is that that it's a risk. Like it's actually a greater risk to not risk, right? It's right. actually it's actually worse. But that's that's the lie of safety in a certain sense. Like safety's a ruse. Safety's elusive. Like, you know, it's and and the Bible is very clear about this. You can say what you want, but you you don't even know what you're doing tomorrow, man. Like you don't know you can say tomorrow you're going to go somewhere, but like, you know, you have to there is this amazing dichotomy that and it happens at once. It is in the scripture where we are supposed to live in the moment thinking about eternity. Like like we're supposed to do both. Like if you're thinking about eternity, you, you're actually in the moment, more in the moment than if you were, because so often we think we're in the moment, but what we're really doing is we're just got blinders on and we, it, it's, we, we don't, we don't see people. We don't see what's really going on and we don't get to experience what we need to. And, and man, I, I just, uh, it's been something that I've, I've had to be intentional about in my life. And then especially marriage and kids is, and we even had a conversation last night because I, I know it's the end of school and, and we had our family dinner and I said, Hey guys, here's a couple of things I would like to do. Would you guys like to do it with me? Let's go to Six Flags, ride some roller coasters. You want to do that? We would love that. You know, you know, yeah. it's, you know and I'm not going to assume they want to do it because they're teenagers. Like when, right. they, when they're kids, you're like, we're going here. Right. Um, but you know, but now yes, I'd love to, but not with you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> but teenagers, it's like, well, how, you know, what are some other things that we could do that you guys would like to do? We're going to be around for the summer a little bit more because we're not quite as busy in June. So uh, what I'm saying is trying to make sure we have those moments. And and it, it doesn't have to be something you spend money on. It could be just stuff that you just go do, but and go to go to a park and learn learn how to do something or there's all sorts of creative ways but it's what usually happens is that we we regret you know it's it's been a couple weeks and we're like oh man i could have done all this stuff and it's it's a different type of discipline being creative is a different type of discipline you just like running or exercising or whatever being creative is you you have to constantly challenge yourself to come up with different ways of, of connecting with your kids, with your wife. And, and then that way you don't have those like, well, we just grew apart. You know, you didn't right. just grow apart. You, what you did was you didn't make, make this a priority, make this a discipline. And, and I'm just telling you, man, uh, we have things in our past that, uh, you know, I, I have memories with my kids and my wife and friends that will always be there. But right. I, I'm not I'm not settled in that. I'm not I'm thankful for going to Germany and Italy with my wife before we had kids and walking the city of Munich. Right. And just I mean, just I mean, uh, that's amazing. Walking around Florence and seeing all of Italy and just making that a priority to do stuff like that. But that's not all we're going to do. Like, you know, what I mean, like. 
We're going to go to Rome Makers together, right, Sarah? We're going to, you know, we're, we're going to do other <laughs> stuff where it's like, let's go do this. Let's do it together. And so just having, and, and as friends, then, you know, that's kind of, you know, I have friends, dude. I don't know if you have friends like this, but I have friends that I, that I still, I'm still friends with from high school. And when we get together, they tell the same stories about what happened in high school. Mm. They tell the same stories. I don't tell those stories. I had, <laughs> I mean, that was great. I mean, I, high school was a blast in its own way. It, it sucked at times too. Yeah. Um, Cause I was six foot four and, you know, four pounds and triple on all over myself. And I mean, like, you know, it, it wasn't all roses, you know, I got my heart broken and, you know, there's all sorts of stuff, but, but man, last week was fun too. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like what's going on now? What's your life like now? Like what's, what are the adventures that you're having now? And it kind of makes me sad sometimes to talk to people, you know, the whole glory days. What, what, what was, who's the, uh, What's the singer's name? He did Born in the USA and all that stuff. Springsteen. Yeah. Springsteen. The what boss. a great song. Glory. The boss, you know, and it's a great song. Glory but it's days. Like, and I, I don't, it, it, I, even when I was in high school, I'm like, this is fun, but it's not going to be the most fun I ever have. <laughs> I mean, I was just, right. But there's so much more of life. And that's what I told my kids in going as they went through high school. And even now with the going through college, I was like, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want you to look at this as being like, this is not your apex mountain. This isn't your peak. This isn't your, uh, the culmination of everything. Like this is just the, the floor. Like where right. you're living now is the floor of what's to come. And I think so many of us, I mean, I know I felt this way for years of, I mean, I was a kid with the erector set. I mean, I, if you're watching on the video, I ha I still have models on, on a shelf behind me, but the, not because like I you did them a long time ago. I did them like a couple of years ago. So it's very easy for me to be the erector set kid stuck in my mm. room while everybody's out playing in the summer because it feels easier. It feels safer because like when small shows up, he doesn't know who Babe Ruth is. He doesn't know how to throw. He doesn't know how to catch. He and and he doesn't know how to engage his stepdad. And there's a lot of questions. Yeah. But it took all it does is take one guy. Yeah. And and he saw him sitting there with a with a baseball glove. He's like, oh, well, we got these eight guys. We could use a ninth. Why don't you show up? Oh, I don't know how to. We'll figure it out. I don't have a glove. I have an extra. And, and what you see in Benny is what all of us need, but it's what we're, what we, I guess, most long for and are most afraid of not getting is somebody to invite us, somebody to, to defend us when you're like, he doesn't know what he's doing. Like what you think you're, you're any great shakes. I mean, that's <laughs> the funny thing. They're all kind of, you know, misfits and outcasts there in their sandlot. That's just a kind of a field. That's not really a baseball diamond, but, and then, and as you see it, they, they go through things together and, and just like they do, we need to go through our initiation, yeah. but we can't do it alone. Cause 
we, like you said, we think it's safer because we don't want to, we don't want to be exposed as not knowing what we're doing. Like you said, there's so much life outside of our room, but we, all he, like all he had to do was show up. Like he did. He wasn't even playing. Yeah. He was just hiding out in the outfield. And then he ran away because he got embarrassed. But just showing up put him on the map. Man, that that that's so good. Not a full model, in my opinion, but Benny is kind of a Christ figure in the in the movie. Because almost like a David with a whole bunch of rejects, you know, like when David was exiled and he had his mighty men and they were a whole bunch of rejects and exiles, you know, but Benny is a master baseball player. And they show us when the kid, when Smalls can't catch, right? He goes, just stick your glove up. Do you know how hard it is (laughs) to hit a ball in the outfield and hit some dude's glove, but, but here's the thing. That's what Je- That's exactly what Jesus does with me. I don't know what I'm doing in the kingdom. I have no clue. I don't know what I'm doing. And he says, go out there, just stick up your glove. I got it. I'll take care of the rest. All you got to do is go show up. All you got to do is show up. I got it. And then, and then, but then he does teach us how to throw and he does, he does do all that sort of stuff. But, but I, I I love, Benny has his own arc, but, but Benny is, yes, he's, he has invited all of these misfits in. They're all misfits. And, and so he's like, we got room for one more. We got room for more. And that's who, that's who Jesus is. And so I, I love that element of the movie is that Benny is this, and he is, he's a master, but he's an inviter and he fights for these kids. It's great. And of course we'd be remiss if we didn't play a clip that included the sort of the iconic tagline from the movie. You're killing me smalls <laughs> because as, as smalls does get invited in as he, I mean, it was him catching the ball that immediately is like, Oh, I guess this kid's all right. He's not so bad. And really, you just need to give him a chance to figure it out. And it's like that thing, the the part where he's like, as you've been forgiven, forgive others. Mm-hmm. Like, because we're all at one time or another, we're smalls. Just wanting to fit in, wanting to be accepted, wanting to, to be welcomed by the group. And then once we've been accepted, our tendency is to shut out any other future smalls that comes in. When what we do, what we should be doing is like, oh yeah, I remember being that guy. I should be a little more welcoming. I should be defending him. I should be showing him how it's done. So I think Ham takes over this, this initiation process of, of smalls. They go on a camp out because they've lost their ball. They can't buy another one. The beast is going to get it. And this, it's just the whole thing is this like this exaggerated oversized memories of youth. Uh, and and it's it's so interesting the way that that it's portrayed but they go to the camp camp out and uh ham actually he's he offers smalls uh s'mores but because 
Again, Smalls is new. He doesn't know. He's like, I have no idea what you're saying. And it takes two. One, to admit that you don't know what the other person's talking about. And the other is the patience and willingness to say, oh, well, you don't know what this is. Let me show you how it's done. And you're going to regret all the previous time where you didn't know what a s'more was. <laughs> hey, you want a s'more? S'more what? Okay. No, I'm no, no, you want a s'more. Okay. I haven't had anything yet. So how can I have some more of nothing? Shut up! You're killing me, Smalls. All right, who cut one? These are s'more stuff. Okay, pay attention. First, you take the gram. You stick the chocolate on the gram. Then, you roast the mallow. No, it's my sleeping bag. When the mallow's flaming, you stick it on the chocolate. Then, you cover it with the other end. Yeah, make me one of those. Yeah, me too. Then you scuff. Kind of messy, but good. <laughs> but I wanted to play that whole thing. One is just to be like, when was the, not you, Brit, but any, the guys, the families, the people that are listening, when was the last time you had a s'mores? When was the last time you made s'mores? And you don't need a fire pit. Like I remember we used to, we, my dad had a charcoal grill and every once in a while we'd roast marshmallows over the grill. But in the movie, it's super cool because Ham has like two candles. Because we think I need a fire pit. I need this. I need this elaborate thing or I need a work with what you got. Because what you got is all you need. And just just sort of embrace that. The newness of of youth, the, the, the memory of, of making s'mores and. It's messy, but it's it's not very nutritious. But it's a lot of fun, and you never, be, you know, the whole purpose I think of this of this podcast today is to encourage our listeners to go be a kid again. Yeah, I, what I love about that clip, one of the things I love about it is that Ham thinks this is an essential part of life. <laughs> Right? I mean, that's his attitude. You're killing me, Smalls. Like, what do you mean you don't know what a s'more is? Someone had to teach Ham at one point in his life. Like, he didn't know. Uh, he might have been two. I don't know. He, he could Maybe he doesn't remember being taught. But at some point, he didn't know, like, to your point earlier. And, and he very meticulously explains how to do this. First, you take the grip. But it happened... <laughs> It happened in relationship and in community. And I believe social media and the internet and all that we have are, are amazing tools. But you cannot substitute for actual community. You, there, is, there is something powerful about actually being together physically, you know, and which is why Paul and I were talking about, and Paul invited me up to Lake Hartwell and he's like, <laughs> just come up for the day, man. Like, like we long for actual human connection. And right. even Paul says it, the apostle Paul in the scripture, 
He's writing to the Romans, writing one of the most genius treatises of of the theology of the gospel. Like Romans 8 is genius level writing, okay? But at the end, he goes, I wish I was there in person. Now, we're still reading Romans today. So it's not like what he did wasn't impactful, just like the internet and all that we do. But there's something something that we long for. Dietrich Bonhoeffer and his letters and papers from prison, because he was in a concentration camp because he tried... He was part of a plot to assassinate <laughs> Hitler. And he we could talk about Bonhoeffer a lot. But yeah, we, we haven't quoted Bonhoeffer in a while. And his letters and papers from prison are very interesting. They're not great reading because there's just a collection of his letters that he wrote to his family. But at one point, it really hit me because he says, he's writing a letter to his sister, whoever it is. And he says, I don't miss sermons. Mm. I don't miss uh, singing corporately. He goes, I can sing by myself, worship God. What I miss are the people. What I miss are the people. And and I I just remember that hit me when I was reading it. It's like, man, you know, we, we spend so much time and energy, and not that we shouldn't strive for excellence, but we spend so much time and energy on the religious trappings of Christianity. And I'm telling you, man, the the people that have made the biggest influence and impact in my life were the people who sat down and had a beer or coffee, took me to the diner late at night and had real conversations. I'm telling you, those people changed my life. But that, mm. and, and I love great sermons and I'll listen to whoever. I'll listen to all of them. I love it. I love reading great books. And those do have an impact. People that changed my life are the people that were there for me and sat with me and loved me, you know? And, and so that's what we long for. And that's what this movie kind of shows. It's like, Hey, we all, we had these people as kids. Maybe we didn't have the sandlot and the little baseball kingdom that they had, on the, <laughs> you know, but a lot of us who grew up in the seventies and eighties, uh, you know, still had those, they were vacant lots around us. And we, we did some crazy crap. In yep. those vacant lots, I'm just telling you, we built as boys. We built ramps and <laughs> did stuff that was nobody knew what we did, you know. Um, and but we experienced that with other people. And, and great. what you had said, and what the, it's it's even when we record, we always record on video. We use, we're not always on Facebook Live. We haven't been for you know a year and a half. But because I think it's important to see each other. Yeah. And what you did in the, your youth and what these guys did, they engaged the senses. Because you yeah, know what? Yeah. A roasting marshmallow smells delicious. And that's how you make those memories. You engage your senses. Yeah. Because the more senses that you can bring in, the more implanted that memory gets. I want to go back to that question that I brought up earlier, Britt that idea of the, the freaking out. Cause you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some times that you're like, that's more, that is the best thing I ever had. Oh, you know, you kind of spaz out and you're just like, Oh my gosh, that was awesome. And so we, cause we're, I'm, I'm going to sort of give the prelude. The call to action is going to be coming up front. 
Because for one is we want you guys to engage your senses, make some s'mores, get out there, show up. We, we say show up all the time up here, but I also want to say, do something that you'll freak out about. And I don't mean like freak out, get scared, like skydiving or anything insane like that. I mean, like freak out. This was awesome. This was like a couple of years ago. I remember uh, we went to this restaurant in uh, Beaufort, South Carolina. And it was my wife and I, it was like after a sunset cruise, we just like, you know, on a catamaran, we walk over and we, we had like a, a pre-dinner drink. And then we sit down and they have saganaki, which is this cheese that they light on fire and you eat it like all melty and crusty and warm and delicious. And then the food was amazing. And I get to the end of it. I tell my wife, I was like, I never want to eat anywhere ever again. Because this is so good. <laughs> has ruined me for all. It is ru- Yeah. Everywhere else is like, meh. Yeah. It's not, it's not a Beaufort grocery down in, in Beaufort, North, North Carolina, not Beaufort, South Carolina. It's Beaufort. So our challenge is do something that makes you freak out like that. And so my question then to Brit is when's the time that you've sort of done, you remember we were talking about the kids running around screaming yeah, yeah, and yeah. hollering. When's the time that you felt that way that you're just like, Oh my gosh. There are different freak out moments. And, and, and I think that, that we lose the childlike heart mm. that when we lose the childlike heart, I don't care what it is. You're not going to have a freak out moment. Like the, the core Right. Is, if you approach everything with skepticism and cynicism, if you, then even a freak out moment, you're going to be like, well, this, this isn't going to last or whatever. It, like you, you don't get to enjoy those moments because God, man, I'm telling you, maybe other people don't have this experience, but God loves surprising me. Like if you don't have that, then even the awesome stuff that I'm going to talk about, you, it's not awesome because you're just going to miss it. Well, and I think it's what you're talking about is like a a baseline approach to life. Because you go into it looking for the awe and wonder. Yeah. Like you expect to be surprised. Yeah. And so, and sometimes I'm even more surprised than I expect. Like this story recently, a friend of mine was asking me if I was going to the Striper concert. Striper is a 80s heavy metal Christian band that... I have memorized every lyric and note of everything <laughs> they've ever done. And I have seen them several Again, times. And it's and cool because it's going back to the eighties, which is your childhood. That's my childhood. And we're hitting, as some, a believer, we're hitting some common themes here. Well, and as a believer, they were, they were very foundational for me as well, because I loved that style of music. And now I had something to listen to. That was a positive influence for me in that realm. Right. So even in my faith journey, they were a huge part of that. So all of that to say is, anyway, he's asked me if I was going to go. It was Wednesday and the concert was on Thursday. And I was like, oh, no, dude, I'm sorry. I just, I was, I wanted to go, but my, I've seen them several times over the last few years and I don't really want to spend the money. <laughs> and, <laughs> and my daughter, Elisha, has a chorus concert on the same night. And so all of that together, I'm just going to kind of be out this year, you know, and and he's and I said, why? He said, well, I was going to go. So try not to make this too long of a story, but he he doesn't even like Striper. And I said, how are you going? I didn't think you liked him. He goes, well, I, I 
like them, but I don't really like them. Just a friend of mine really likes them. And so he bought these two VIP tickets going back to see the band and he had never seen them. He was a huge Striper fan, never seen them ever and just wanted me to go with him. And so I said, I would. And he's like, I was hoping we could hang out, but you're not going. I said, well, hey, man, tell the... Tell the guys I said, hey. <laughs> Tell the band what's up. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and that, you know, Thursday night, I just texted him. I said, hey, man, I'm a little, I'm a little jealous, but just just rock a little bit more for me uh, and, and enjoy yourself. And he said, he said, I will. And I'm, I've got something to give you next time I see you. I'm like, OK. So and I thought it was going to be like stickers, which I would have been. Lord, I would have been like, yes, yeah, sticker. Thank you so this much. So, thank you. Or a t-shirt or something. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought it was going to be something like maybe even a signed t-shirt or something. Like I was, you know, I was like, I didn't know what to expect. But so I was just like, well, I'll just see what it is. Well, his friend, his name is Patrick too, but his friend had kept a sealed vinyl from the 80s of Soldiers Under Command, one of their top albums, and gave it to Robert. Which that at all by itself is amazing. And Robert said, dude, if you give this to me, I'm just gonna give it to Brit. And the guy was like, give it to your pastor, man. Give it to Brit. That's that's great. And so they took the the cellophane off and had the band sign it. So all four members of the band signed the cover. And that's one of the things he gave to me uh, one, one morning them. when we <laughs> And it was like some patches and a poster that they had signed and stuff too, but I was I was freaking out. I was like my daughter Hosanna was in the car because we were waiting on the bus, and that's kind of one of the places we can uh, Robert and I can see each other. And anyway, I was like, I was speechless. I was like, what the heck, man? This is amazing. Like he was like, oh, I'm glad you like it. And I said, let me give you some money. He goes, this costs me nothing. It's yours. And it's just just one of the moments. But there's those moments in life where. You know, I tell you all the time, right? I text you. I'm like, some editor asked me if I wanted to <laughs> review Doctor Strange, the new Doctor Strange movie, which I was going to see anyway, right. and then they were going to pay me to review it. Would you like to? Would you like that job? I don't know. Uh, you know, just there's those little surprises along the way of life, and and there's there are horrible things that happen. And and we should grieve too. We should laugh, rejoice with those who rejoice. We should grieve too. Grieving is an important thing that we should learn how to do in the kingdom. And we don't do enough. Maybe we'll do an episode on that. That'll be a that'll be the happy day. We'll do a grieving episode. But um, but there's joy too. God is at once sorrowful and joyful at the same time. And and, and, and when you're close to him, you have to realize, I don't have to work up the joy. The joy is in me. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Hey. Down in my heart. Where? Um, <laughs> and, but I don't have to work up joy. It's his. I just have to turn to him and say, you got joy? And he gives it to me. The same with sorrow. Something bad happens and... I want to connect with the sorrow of another human being and the crisis that they're going through. I just have to go to the Lord and go, can you help me have the right sorrow for this? Yes. And I weep with those who weep, right? Yeah. That's how you do it. Um, and I don't have to work any of it up. I can't manufacture it. It's not about me anyway. And so all that to say is for me, it starts with that childlike attitude of realizing 
every day is an adventure. I wonder what's going to happen today. And you find little things and sometimes it's big things. And, and you just learn how to be thankful. Being thankful is a huge part of it. But then, then when those things happen, you do, you do have those freak out moments. Um, and, and for me, it happens in all sorts of different arenas. It's not just one thing. Sometimes it's an action figure. Uh, but, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I didn't even know this existed. Just the fact um, that it exists is uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to be, uh, I still want to, in a, it doesn't mean you're immature. You can be a big kid and not be immature. You can still be mature, but 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 to see, but part of being mature is to to walk in that joy. I think that's a the different idea of maturity than than the world has sometimes. There you go. My freak out. <laughs> well, I think it's it's such a good example because. On the one hand, we have to be open to it. We have to be looking for it. But the other is we have to be willing to express it. Like, mm, that's good. Like too. with your friend, like your friend gifted you this awesome thing. And like I've seen it, I'm probably guilty of this. I don't always receive gifts well of, oh, what? I, I can't, like this idea, like I can't accept it. That's too much. I know. It's too much. Yeah. Or, and, and or, like when your friend gave gifted you the the striper final is you respond either with like i can't i can't accept this this is your gift is too much which is what a horrible response right you're right but the other is this feeling like oh now i need to make it up i need to gift him something right you think there's exactly. like this balance this scales transactional right right when we approach life Either, either one of those two ways that, that I know I've been guilty of. Somebody gives me a, a big gift and mm -hmm. I either feel like I owe them, like, oh, well, when they, I better give them a big gift the next time, or I feel like I don't deserve it. And so then I don't really receive it with the, the heart from which it's coming from. I think both of those squelch the, the joy and the childlike and what would be better than to sort of respond to such a gift with like a little kid running around and being like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Let me just say this out loud. You don't deserve it. And neither do I. And that's how you freak out. I know I don't deserve it. Yeah. And that's why it makes me so happy. It makes instead of fight, you're right. The first man reaction is I got to deserve this. I got to pay you for it. I got to, there's got to be transactional here, but God's like, you couldn't do this <laughs> if you wanted to, like you couldn't deserve this if you wanted to. It's just love. And, and yeah. that is that, and that is so amazing. And, you know, one of the things that kind of happens at the end of this movie is that the dad, the stepdad has to, his arc is he has to learn how to play. He has to make the time. He keeps saying mm. he will, but then he doesn't. Well, it's but obvious he, he loves baseball. He loves baseball. But he doesn't and, play. And that's how, that's how the kid's trying to connect with him. And this happens a lot with, with men. I know it can happen with women, too. 
women are better, in my opinion, at having conversations that matter and it doesn't have to be attached to an activity. They're just better at that. I can do that, but most guys need conversations that matter to be attached to an activity. Not all of them, but some, most, I would say, large portion. And so he had to come to this point where as a stepdad, you see, maturity isn't that you don't play anymore. Maturity is knowing the importance of play and mm. doing it on purpose. See, when you're a kid, you don't know, you don't realize what you're learning when you play. You're just playing. That's immaturity. Maturity is saying, I know that play matters. And so I'm going to do it intentionally. That's maturity. Maturity is saying, I choose to play instead of, I, instead of, it, like when we were kids, right? It was just like, ah, playing around. That's what like, we did. That's just what you do. But maturity is saying, is being the dad and saying, I know how important it is for the kids to play. So let's play together. And I know, uh, and I'm looking forward into the future. I'm in the moment looking forward in the future saying, I want to have this memory with you 20 years down the road, right? Being in the moment, thinking of the future. And, 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 and like I said, it's, it's like I prayed before. It's, it's this amazing thing that the Bible does is it respects and honors what has happened in the past and what God has done. But it, the Bible doesn't stop there. It talks about how great he is today, despite, I just read well, Psalm 118 the other day, I wrote a little article on it. It's amazing. It's like, Psalm 118 starts out with how great God is, and it goes, but I called out to God in my distress. Like It's like he wasn't having a perfect life, but right. he still acknowledges how great God is now. And then in the same psalm, he acknowledges how great God is, is going to be in the future. There's this, there's this amazing ability we have within the kingdom and within our relationship with God to approach life being grateful for the past, acknowledging the importance of the moment based on what we know to be true in the future. That is the heart of God. And, and, and he gives us everything. He, does, he does just doesn't, get, doesn't just give us the past, right? And if that's Dianu, if that's all he did, it would have been enough, but that's not what he does. He doesn't just give us the president. The, the president. <laughs> he doesn't just give us the present. And if that had been all he did, that would have been enough. But he doesn't just do that. He gives us the future, too. He's, that's how much he loves us. And, and so just as we kind of bring this to a close, what the stepdad had to learn and what the, what the kids had to learn is to kind of pass what they learned on. You know, that's maturity. Benny, I think Benny doesn't go into it, but I think Benny was passing on what he had learned, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Scotty had been given a chance when no one wanted to give him a chance. So he gave the dog a chance, right? Uh, like they were passing on the things that they learned and, and doing that through experience and play and relationship. And, and I just encourage people that that's maturity, knowing how important those experiences are. Now we get to choose to do it on purpose, you know? Yeah. So we want to encourage you guys as we, as we, 
sort of transition to summertime, get out, get out of the house. You don't have to go very far, but just get out, do engage in play, engage and mm-hmm. engage your senses, whether that's like the, your smell, your touch, do something just for the joy of doing it. Because that's what can, that'll bring your heart to life. That'll bring, that'll bring, that'll remind you of the importance of it. And yeah. because it's too easy to get sort of, I've, it's interesting, both, both Scott and Bill, the stepdad, were more comfortable inside working stuff out on their own. Mm, good. But you yeah. got to get outside, have a catch as, you know, to throw back to field of dreams and just see what yeah. happens. Show up and see what happens. So, uh, yeah, so this has been Paul McDonald and Britt Mooney talking about The Sandlot. And we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the live stream on Facebook. We'll be doing more of those. If you want to be sure to get all of the live stream stuff and be part of the audience, check us out on Patreon. That's uh, patreon.com backslash men at the movies. Uh, support us and help us do what we're doing and and be a part of, of the growth and the changes that are coming. They're going to be pretty awesome. We're excited. We're freaking out about it. Woo! <laughs> So I hope you guys enjoyed it and I hope you join us next week here on the Men at the Movies podcast. Something inside has been awakened. I can no longer be who I was before. But if I am no longer who I was, who am I to be? Who am I to be?